You want cash. You want to get stuff done. So what do you do? You buy 5-Hour Energy, of course. You upload the receipt to 5hewin.com, then find out if you instantly won $10, $100, or even $1,000. Then you drink that 5-Hour Energy and cut through your to-do list like a hot knife through butter. 5-Hour Energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 and a legal resident of the U.S. Ends June 30th, 2021. For rules, visit 5hewin.com slash rules. Void where prohibited. Message and data rates may apply. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. What if you could be a superhero? Dave here from DC On Screen. If you love this show and you want to see it continue and thrive, please be sure to visit iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star written review. The process is faster than a speeding bullet. You don't even have to wear tights or a cape. I mean, you can, if you're into that kind of thing. No judgment. What's important is that you tell the world what you like about the show and why you think they should be listening too. It really does go a long way in helping our show grow and expand, pushing us into more people's eye and ear holes. That was a weird way to put that. By the way, leaving a five-star written review gets you entered into a drawing to win a free DC trade paperback DVD or Blu-ray valued at $15 or less. One in ten will win and will be chosen through a true number generator on random.org. Think of it as our version of that antiquated sexist moment where the superhero saves the girl and she gives him a little jaw sugar. (laughs) Alright, begging is over. Time for a brand new episode of DC On Screen. Welcome into DC On Screen. This is episode 304. This is our weekly DCEU news episode. I am your host, David C. Robertson. And right now, I have Milo's no-calorie sweet tea in my cup. That's with sucralose, not aspartame, mind you. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. What are you drinking, man? Oh, a beer. I miss tea. <laughs> Why can't you have tea? Me and caffeine don't get along so great anymore. Mm. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the caffeine. Yeah. 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 I shouldn't be drinking caffeine. A friend from my past. Long, long missed. <laughs> Like that old buddy from college that you know is no good for you. Just pull you right back down to the same old bad habits. Yeah, I still know those, though. (laughs) I know you do, buddy. We hang out. (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, a bunch of stuff went on. A bunch of stuff is going on. Stuff dropped tonight uh, as we were prepping for the show. Putting the last finishing touches on the show. We're going to talk about those things. But first up, happy birthday to Aquaman, 76 years old. Oh, they just, our little babies grow up so fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I mean, he, he first appeared in More Fun Comics 73 in November of 1941. But mm-hmm. uh, the DC Comics calendar says that his, his birthday is January 29th. So that's what we're going by, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Johns turns 44 years old today. Or not not today, tw- January 25th. Yeah. <laughs> We're a little late on that. Happy birthday, Jeff. Yeah. For our Thank purposes, for rebirth. today. Right. Thank you for rebirth and all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was an auction. I can't remember if we even talked about it. I might have been like, screw this, and took it, taken it off of like a former uh, news episode. But there was an auction for Batman and Superman suits from Batman Returns and the Superman, 1978 Superman. Um, 
Apparently, the Batman suit sold for $41,250. Man. From Batman Returns. Superman's outfit did not get sold. It went unsold. No one wanted it. Wait, really? Seriously. I have a dollar. Well, see, it, the minimum bid was 40000 Well, I'm sure, but, you know, if you're going to take zero, I've got $1. I can spare right. a dollar. I'll go through my couches. <laughs> Apparently, it has small holes in it, though. Maybe I'll find more money in there that I'll get back I'd, to them. I'd start at $0.25. Cent. <laughs> I that's that I guess they just put the minimum way too high on that. I mean Oh yeah, I think the uh the Batman one was with well, the minimum was like thirty one thousand. <clears throat> they maybe should have just kept those minimums the same. I guess they were thinking the age and the you know, Donner and Reeve and everybody, but Right. Yeah, I don't know. Batman's way more popular, he just is. Just the way it is. Yeah. Uh so uh the Lego Batman director, Chris McKay, apparently wants a piece of the DCEU, a fan talked to Chris McKay on Twitter, said he'd like to see him do a DCEU film, and uh, McKay responded, it's a long shot, but I'd like to be a part of it somehow. Thank you, by the way. Um, the fan said he wanted to start a tweet a tweet petition uh, to the co-runner of DC Films, Jeff Johns, mm. and McKay said, thanks, that's nice, but I'm going to go in and see those guys and pitch myself and go from there. But thank you. <laughs> it couldn't hurt. Right. I tell him to just um, kind of like put his name in the queue for the next guy that's going to take on and leave the Flash. Or there is another option because the big news of the evening, the news that dropped drastically as we were as we were uh, prepping, mm. Ben Affleck is officially out as director of the solo Batman film. Oh, that's a bad sign. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is a bad sign. Mm-hmm. It's oh, man. Um, so he's painting it as a good thing. Of course. Um, I, I don't know, man. Are they So Ben Affleck said in a statement, there are certain characters who hold a special place in the hearts of millions. Performing this role demands focus, passion, and the very best performance I can give. It has become clear that I cannot do both jobs to the level they require. Together with the studio, I have decided to find a partner in a director who will collaborate with me on this massive film. I am still in this, and we are making it, but we are currently looking for a director. I remain extremely committed to this project and look forward to bringing this to life for fans around the world. Um, now, some might say, mm-hmm. and I consider this to be probably true, um, Live by Night is a flop. That's what I'm hearing. We have reports that uh, Warner Brothers probably, Variety is reporting that Warner Brothers lost $74 million on Live By Night. Ouch. Um, yeah. It, it has made $16.5 million globally. It cost $65 million to produce. And after marketing, looks like they lost $75 million. That's what Variety is saying. You know, I don't know what those numbers are, actually are. Um, but he was... They're big enough that they've probably hurt. Affleck has flip-flopped on this so much. It was clear that he wasn't sure whether he was directing or not, and then he kind of got a little bit of steam on Kimmel and said, I'm doing it, and now he's not. And more than anything, I'm not as worried about the film as I am about the constant flip-flopping and now this decision hurting the DCEU and Warner Brothers in a PR perspective. Like, they're going to get hammered for this. Like, oh, the Batman movie's going to have more... you guys have got to get your shit together. Stop making <clears throat> statements when you, when you go yeah, back they, on. Yeah, they, they really need to get that under control because it, it, it just looks bad. And you know, though, on on the other side, um, the media has already given them so much shit. Like, what what more can they do? Mm-hmm. Uh, more. I mean, more. It's, I mean, it's, this is plenty of new ammo. Like, yeah, my first reaction is this is bad. I, is um, 
I mean, uh, that Affleck originally said that he didn't want to do it unless it was something he could be proud of. Mm-hmm. So if it's him walking out, or if it's him deciding he can't do it, maybe it is something that he just can't. He they're they're trying to take him in a direction that he didn't want to go, which would yeah. actually jive with everything else we've seen from the other directors leaving well, projects. But no, he's not leaving. He's just stepping down as director. He's I know, still going to be I the know. star. Sure he's still, still going to be the EP. Yeah, and it yeah, sounds like um, they're going to let him go fishing for somebody that he thinks will will have a similar vision to what he did based on, you know, at least how he phrased that. But I mean, with critical panning for, for uh, live by night though, it's not making the money they thought it would make. Um, I'm just thinking maybe they are, maybe they're both, maybe they did come to a, a mutual decision. Like, look, as he's been talking about this in other interviews that we've talked about where he's saying, you know, how much pressure there is even on live by night as a star and the director, like you're doing Batman, yeah, that's a ton. Yeah, he ton he's already said that it's just a pain in the ass to do this, no matter how much you want to do it. So yeah, what, so we can, we can say this then. All right, let's do the obvious worst case scenario. Uh huh. Affleck left because it wasn't, or Affleck stepped down from that because they weren't letting him do it the way he felt like he should do it. Right. WB Warner Brothers in general is a dumpster fire that somehow keeps getting fed more fuel. Uh huh. And the Batman solo movie is as fucked as it appears. The Flash solo movie is. That's the worst case, right? Sure. Um, that's the worst case. I guess best case then is that, yeah, it was a mutual decision. Um, Affleck kind of realized over the course of it that he doesn't have time to both do the role and actually direct the role and EP the role in a way that he thinks would would actually justify the character. And he thinks the best thing he can do is focus on the actual acting and let someone mm-hmm. else direct the thing. So maybe he's right. still involved in writing an EP. I don't know if they said anything about writing, but we'll see. I mean, I would assume. He also maybe, we're assume, again, we're just shooting for the best fences here. Um doesn't want to take, like, Live by Night's just not, not holding up. So maybe he doesn't want to take that and transfer it into more concerns about a movie that people are already worried about. Yeah. Same time, Warner Brothers looked at all the lost money and went, you know what, man? I mean, if you want to maybe take a step back, we'll understand. We'll find somebody. You can stay in this thing. We know you've been thinking a lot about it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the best picture we can paint for it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so, clearly, with clearly with a director, not, a director not being in place, though, this thing is going to get pushed back. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine them shooting in spring. I, yeah, just not likely. I and I don't think they had a script yet either. Well, you know, Affleck says we, they did. They said they didn't. You know, I, I don't know. The one upside that I think is objective <laughs> uh-huh. is that if this is true, we can stop waffling about the damn thing. I'm tired of reporting a different thing on this every week. I know, me too. Like I've been considering asking if you wanted to do a moratorium on Batfleck involvement. <laughs> Well, I thought we we wouldn't need one after a couple of weeks ago. I, I did I'm too. Definitely doing it. On I kept chemical, thinking right? like, ah, I chemical, think we're there. Kimmel. <laughs> I kept thinking we were going to get there, and he just keeps dragging it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, this looks like an actual public statement. So. Uh, yeah. No. Um. It looked like uh, the Rowdy article looked like um they the studios re- re- released yeah. something in response. So. Uh, fingers crossed that they just get their shit together and stop playing back and forth on this, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I'm not necessarily worried about it because I was actually more worried about him directing and starring at the same time. Um, I was actually more worried about that than I am this. My big worry is that the constant waffling is gonna just make them look bad. Like it just keeps perpetuating the negativity, the negative, uh, articles and yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. It's... No, I, they need to, they do, they need to rein that shit in. I think that's another objective truth here. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> maybe if, another misstep on Warner Brothers' if part. If nothing else, for our sake. <laughs> right. uh, apparently, there will be no Super Bowl ads for WB this year. 
Yeah, I actually heard about that one. Uh, Disney, Paramount, Fox, they all bought airtime, but Warner Brothers is not in. Of course, uh, football has been down to like 10% in the ratings, something like that. That's, uh, if I'm giving them the best, uh, if I'm giving it the best spin, that's the reason they do it. Is it's, It is trending mm-hmm. down in, in views right now. Mm-hmm. Like, enough that it's starting to worry people. Yeah, apparently the network sold uh, 30-second spots for an average of $5 million a piece. Mm-hmm. Up from 4.8 million last year, mm-hmm. so it may not have just been, it just may not have been worth it. It really it, there's been some suspicion in the last few years that they've been inflating the prices way beyond what they were really worth. Mm-hmm. That now it's like a I don't know it's the thing you have to do just to be in the the in crowd of advertising almost. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really probably not worth it to sell M and M's to have that other commercial that you spent like one and a half million dollars producing and another five million buying. Mm-hmm. But you know also those. Uh... The ads that they that they did for BVS on the Super Bowl, those weren't technically Warner Brother ads with the airline. Oh yeah, those are Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. So about those. they might actually have you know somebody else in, but <clears throat> eh. Nah. Anyway, you, well, I watched the Super Bowl. You can see that shit online anyway later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, so John Cleese put up a uh, a picture of himself getting into character before not tonight's Q&A in Worcester MA. He was putting on lipstick, but on the nightstand or on the little desk, the little vanity desk, he had a copy of The Dark Knight Returns, Justice League Origin with uh by Jeff Johns and Jim Lee and uh Batman the Black Mirror, the noir edition by Snyder and Jock and uh Frank Avias. So, well, he's got good taste if he uh if he's just reading for fun. Well, I mean, we know he's getting ready for something. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine what yet, but eh, it'll be fun. Cleese will fuck with us some more. It's in his nature. <laughs> it is. It just is. So Batman News is reporting that Jared Leto might be sporting green hair. Um, he took some rock climbing pictures, and, um, well, on one of them, it looks like he might have green hair coming out from underneath his hat. Mm. So, uh, people. some people are saying it's just the way the, the, uh, the light is shining on his hair. You know, I don't know. I thought the studio didn't want him to rock climb. Yeah, but remember he said, uh, screw that, that or whatever. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Maybe that's just him trolling them as the Joker. So a, you, bleh, a YouTuber, Patrick H. Willems, has released a video uh, essay, as he calls it, video essay, called DC Films Character Problem. And in this video essay, he uh, explains that the reason we don't like the DCEU movies, we as a collective society, not us personally, because we kind of like them, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is that the character motivations aren't clear. Like, they don't have clear-cut motivations. Uh, I sent you this thing to watch. What did you think, Jason? He's got some points, but for the most part, it was kind of... Bullshit? Yeah, it's a lot of... <laughs> it's a little bit of a straw man argument, because he sets it up as though it's supposed to be an origin story told a certain way... Mm-hmm. And then gets, you know, takes points away for it not telling it the way he s- described. But it's it's a different movie than the one he was talking about and criticizing it for. Mm-hmm. Which is um, something that, to, to on some level, a lot, of, a lot of us have done one way or the other. Sure. I just, you know, overall, I don't think that the character motivations have been completely the problem. Like, or not having them. Like, I think some of the character motivations may have been a problem because they didn't really fit the characters very well, possibly. No, there's, um, I, I completely agree with him that there was some character development work in these films that could have been done, should have been done. Mm-hmm. Even. Sorry. Absolutely. Should have just concentrate for should have been done. 
But for instance, he said uh, between Man of Steel or just just with Man of Steel, if yeah. you had never heard of Superman and walked into that movie, explain to me why he's saving people at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. To which I happily retort, fuck that shit. That's stupid art. No one that watched this movie has never heard of Superman before. People that didn't watch mm-hmm. this movie have still heard of Superman. That, like that was that was one of the the points where I went, oh come on, dude. Don't get me wrong. A few other times I went, yeah, you got a point. Yeah, they're um, you know. Actually, I agreed with them on that point. No, I I, I completely I... completely don't. <laughs> like that's I... that to me that's an absolutely facile argument. Like there's that was not involved. Like Superman saves people. If you went to see this movie, you were aware of that. But why? I... And to me that goes that goes back to the Jonathan Kent argument, Man of Steel, which we've documented well. Oh yeah. Now that is where I'll agree with them. So, like, like, yeah, Paul Kent was written confusingly. No one's arguing with you here, bud. And yeah, that's where they should have given you the the full the fleshed out motivation for why he um, why he right. did. I still say that the dog was supposed to be you know the 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 QED part of that argument, but they just didn't. Dogs are to humans as humans are to Kryptonians. Yeah, I, I still say that that's what yeah. they were shooting for, literally, and didn't yeah. get it. Like it didn't come across yeah. like they want to. It's the Man of Steel's Martha moment, is what that is. It, I was about to say that. I'm like, if we could just wave that flag at Zack Snyder and be like, hey, dog, dog is the human as human is the Kryptonian. Oh, yeah, I did make that. Yeah, but I did make that. I made that point. That was a good, that was a good point. No, yeah. it, wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Don't make that point again. It wasn't a well done By the point. way, no more Martha thing. Like, Martha should not, just a name should not cause someone to think that, you know, oh, he's a, he is a human. No, he's not. No. Yeah. Like, I like the point. I kind of dug it. Same time. It's a little too deep for modern audiences. <laughs> it's not even that it's too deep. It's like too shallow and too deep at the same time. Like to to justify yeah. it, you have to go so deep that it's no longer. It's again. It's the same. It's when I left the theater. I I, I said I, first thing I said was that was the weak point. The whole movie turned around a a, a weak point. Like I liked a lot of what mm-hmm. happened here, but that that's going to be a problem. You know, Matt though, our buddy Matt Carroll of the MCU cast, who saw it with us. He said the weak point was the the entire thing leading up to the fight. <laughs> like, the first forty minutes were awful. Uh, his his comment was like, as soon as that congresswoman got killed, everything was better. <laughs> yeah, you he know. said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it was a really boring movie right up until then. <laughs> well, there, you know, I could make a joke about you know a Marvel guy not looking for substance, only for explosions, but I won't go there. <laughs> I won't say that at all because I love Marvel. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, back to what we we're saying though. It's just, it's yeah, I agree with him on certain points. Like yeah, Superman saving people at the beginning of the movie, saving at the end of the movie. Um, okay, but that's part of who Superman is. Uh, to me, that's uh-huh. as, to me that's as um, worrisome as saying like, well, the guy's hair was brown the whole movie. I don't see how his character developed. Right. I think. I, look, I think no matter how much you know Superman. You're still looking for, well, who's this Superman? Once they change actors, you have to explain who is this Superman. It's the problem they had. It's one of the problems they had with Brandon Routh and Superman Returns because he was just trying to be Chris Reeves' Superman. And, you know, as much as he kind of looks like him, he we know he's not. I know. And so, that was a that was a doomed experiment because they, they pitched it as like, oh, we're going to kind of revive the series. And then the problem was that they tried to do it and everything was different and it wasn't quite the same enough. And it was different and I don't like it, was, it. it. Yeah, except, you know. And he didn't budge anything. For all... <laughs> yeah. Except, you know, oh no, everything's kind of the same. And they didn't take any real, like, they just updated the Chris Reeves stuff and put it in our time. And they didn't really take any real creative risks. No. Well, they took creative risks. One of those being that he didn't do anything in the course of the film. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, it's, 
I do like Superman Returns a little bit. I I like it, you know, pretty well. <laughs> I, I I certainly I, didn't hate it, but it's been. Yeah, I, I would I, really have to go back and watch that film again to to give a good uh, before yeah. I stated any more about it. You know, it's, it's 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 tough for me. It's one of those things where, like, you, you know, you put a guy in a Superman outfit, or you put a guy in a Batman outfit, or you put a guy in a cape. I'm gonna grin and watch the thing. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I, I mean, I can bitch about you know some of the you know, smaller things, but I, I'm I'm gonna dig on this for just a little bit. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I don't completely agree with this guy, but. Uh, Kind of a fun little essay. I, I, I was kind of I, I really thought he'd go a little deeper though. Way harder on Suicide Squad than was absolutely necessary. He was. We, we like we all. No one's pretending there's not problems with all these movies, but saying that there wasn't character development in in Suicide Squad, it's a, it's an ensemble movie. You can't develop too many characters too much. Yeah. Or it gets a little weird. But yeah. they, they you know a lot of these characters did manage to learn something over the course of the film. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, the the Big Lebowski comes to mind. You're not wrong. You're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was a little harder on Suicide Squad than he needed to be. Um, I don't know. Again, I kind of wanted him to go a little more in depth because I didn't feel like he really went too deep with with his arguments. That may actually be, you know, telling. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. And we could do a whole podcast about the character motivations and how they had character motivations in all these movies. Like some of that stuff, like you know, like oh, why would they show you know Will Smith's daughter there in the at the end? <sighs> really? He got lit up in the comments for that. I, I scrolled down. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he seems like a nice guy. Anyway, but anyway, moving on to uh, actually, real quick, I didn't. I meant to bring this up. Um, who do you want to see direct Batman now? Mm, tough call. Look, a few of our twi- Twitter people were saying maybe Martin Scorsese, but... You're never going to get I a think, name that big. Well, I think he's too big and too respected. I think he wouldn't actually want to be involved in something where he had to kind of tow a company line. Yeah. I really don't know. I really don't know. I hadn't had to think about it yet. Also, ooh. Uh, <laughs> Scott at the Suicide Squadcast just said, just recorded an emergency podcast. I'm assuming about Batman. Yeah. Gave gave us they gave us a shout out so thanks guys Suicide Squad cast there's your shout out mm-hmm. uh, we've had <laughs> I've actually like while we were doing prep I was having like conversations with Scott and it was it was fun Scott uh, Lerer I would assume S E L E R E R three on Twitter uh, that was the cat talking about Scorsese in particular um, but yeah I mean they he asked if we would uh, talk about directors we'd like to see. You know, I don't. I can't think of a big name director I would want enough because they all have the Scorsese problem. Where they're going to want to do what they want to do. They're, it's going to be like the Chris Nolan thing. They're like, no, I think Batman is the problem. No, he's not. Um, yeah, they're going to want. Like, the problem is you've got to have somebody that doesn't want to come in and like redefine the franchise. And I don't mean just the DCU franchise. I mean like redefine comic book movies. Yeah, I mean it's one thing when you're Tim Miller and you want to do like oh, I want to redefine blah blah blah, and we know we can do this rated R and everything. That that mm-hmm. was expanding the brand in a way that I thought was uh, it's going to end up being crucial down the road, I think. Yeah. But Scorsese's going to want to come in and like slow everything down and take a moment to focus on th- certain things. It's going to end up. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up taking a, a a series of movies that has a problem with feeling too slow and gritty for most people and throwing Scorsese at. It. I don't think it's going to help. Yeah. You know, I. Mm. But I mean, you're gonna have to find it's somebody tough. that's. This is what they're gonna look for. They're gonna look for somebody that's young and upcoming, so they can tell them to tell our line. Yeah. And they're gonna look for somebody that wants to make a funner, uh, a little bit more of a fun film. And they're gonna look for somebody that knows how to shoot high budget. Mm-hmm. This is how you get like. I mean, guy comes to mind is this or, how you get like Fast and Furious guy? Fits all those credentials. 
Yeah, but you look at David Ayer and he shot low budget. You know, uh, it's just if they can I perform, you take a chance if they on, can on some of those do high performance on low budget. That's a that's a big win. Yeah. Um, I think though. I mean, if you look at all the people they've, and maybe maybe this is going to be like a turnaround where like you know they brought in Seth Graham Smith, not a guy that was like anything really. Like he he wrote some books, <laughs> <laughs> but he left, and Rick Famuyiwa did like two films, and now he's left. And the new things that they're bringing up for Shazam and Flash aren't exactly giving me a whole lot of confidence in what they're thinking, <laughs> as far as like writers and like. I mean, anyway, we'll get to that. Um, but I, I, it's, I guess the, the argument or the, the question wasn't about who we think they will put down because I don't think we're going to have ever heard of the person they bring up. Um, I think though, you know, I would, there are tons of people I would like to see direct a Batman movie, but none in the, in this universe. Like, I don't want to see any of these cat like any of the big directors I like, like, you know, David Lynch I would love to see a Batman film by that guy. Sure. Sure. Not, but not in this universe. Like, I don't want to see him, like, trying to, like, shove his crazy creative dick down DCU's throat. No way. <laughs> right. So, anyway, I guess that's my my, my pick, then. <laughs> yeah. Clinch, maybe? I don't, I don't you know, know. like You know, I'd almost like to, to see do it just because uh, they've proven they can do this once. Like, what, what the DCU still needs is a tentpole character. Like, they, they don't really have it yet. Um, unfortunately, like they don't have that, uh-huh. that character that like they don't have Iron Man, you know. Oh, I disagree. They don't. And I think Warner Brothers knows what I'm thinking. What? They're Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah, it's close. And they're gonna give her sirens to go for, and she's 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 pretty close. But they with like mm-hmm. what they had when they they brought in Iron Man was this charismatic character that like showed so much potential, and you you just had to get to the yeah. next movie with him. And they're splitting that I, between Affleck's Batman and Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. They definitely are. Well, that's one of the things that the guy actually had right on the video, though, was like Ben Affleck's Batman. We still don't have a story with him. Like we had a story within mm-hmm. within Batman versus Superman. And we have a story with, with with how Batman puts together the Justice League. But there's not an internalized conflict with him yet that everyone's really. I disagree. About. I mean, he had his problems with uh, with Superman, which then again, this is mm-hmm. one of the parts where there was an arc. I mean, he went from being completely anti to completely um you know i won't let him when i failed him in life i won't fail him in death mm-hmm. that was his arc and that's fine well i mean his arc was more or less you know there's no more good no one stays good and then there's still good men you know what i mean yeah and that's fine um so. yeah how many men left in gotham how many stayed good um that's fine but i still just don't think they have that character that most it, well this is how this is what i'm getting at most of america's not rooting for any one of these characters yet they're still too divisive like with with deadshot mm-hmm. and robbie uh and and uh, harley you got close to something that everyone roundly agreed hey this is a cool character i want to follow and mm-hmm. we're still hoping wonder woman pulls it off cuz that would be you know a high like focusing on them we're already there we're not waiting for sirens or you know some deadshot movie maybe down the wall but they do. They need it. They need a character that everybody can get behind without it being Absolutely. just so damn divisive. So all that to say, Favreau's done it before. Oh shit! You know, I don't. I love Favreau. He's got his hands full though. With, he always uh, has his Jungle hands full. Book and whatnot. <laughs> I know. Um, I don't think his his Disney contract would let him out. Oh, I mean, I'm sure it would. As far as I know, he's you sure know. it would not. Yeah, I mean, I think that dude's busy. Anyway, I honestly I actually have, stuff, have wondered so. this for a while. When you sign a contract uh, contract with Disney under whatever subheading it is, Marvel, whatever, 
I like it's I'm sure it's a pretty decent sized contract. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure you want to have several lawyers look at it. Just just mm-hmm. I'm going to be sure of that based on pure spec. I'm wondering if literally the last line is don't fuck with the mouse. Like right above the signature, just the last thing you right. see in giant bold letters at the bottom of the page right before you're supposed to sign, don't fuck with the mouse. Mhm. They play dirty. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I don't know what else. You know, finally give Kevin Smith a shot. You know, <laughs> he's been he's been saying for so long, no, nah, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. But now he's just doing this tour on TV, right? How long do you think before I he mean, gets the bug and goes, much. oh, man, I do want in on that? Oh, I mean, well, look, Rick Story over on Twitter said, give it to that Kevin Smith. He loves Batman and has proven through the CW that he can handle the action. He said that to us, and he tagged Kevin Smith. Um, this is a hell of a lot better of, of, of an endorsement than back in the day when, like, and he's joked about it. Like, back in the day when it was like, yeah, you wrote that, you know, thing in Clerks about, like, you know what uh, these right. guys are. You should do the next Superman movie. But, I, you know, like I said on Twitter to him, I, I wouldn't mind making Kevin Smith. I don't want him in the director's chair for any of these movies because I don't think he can. I'm not sure he can direct this big of a thing. Don't know. Like, I think he's, he's getting, he's, he's, he's maybe in a couple of years once he's like, you know, completely mastered the cw stuff yeah but um and you know he he'll be the first to tell you that he's learning how to do all this stuff yeah on, yeah it's, it's not in any way a knock on him he's like it, it, yeah, it's a whole I'm different thing him. to do the big budget actions like even freaking affleck said that he was really happy he'd done he'd done these movies now because he he knew he knew the working parts but if wb came out and said hey look visually we're going to keep Zack snyder around as an ep and we're also bringing in Kevin Smith as an EP and Paul Dini as an EP. I would probably not have any clean underwear for the rest of the week. Like, yeah, this just it would be ridiculous. Yeah. I, I want Snyder to shoot a, a Paul Dini Kevin Smith story. That's pretty much what you're describing. Yeah, that's that's. Um, no, you know, I think that would be a fine. Thing. That would be a fine. Thing. And look, you know, I've seen number twenty three. Oh, by the way, Jeff John's just going to hang around this? the background just to make sure everyone plays right. Right. Okay, and if we keep, you know, Zach, Kevin. Paul Dini around, I say we give Schumacher another shot. Let him be the be the director of the <laughs> the solo Batman movie. I've seen the number twenty three. He can pull off that new shit. He'll never get it. Tell him don't put any nipples on it. No, that's the first thing but... I would do if I was Schum- if I was Schumacher and I got that job. I would show up at the first big meeting. I would make sure it was a big meeting. Um, it, make sure everyone was there. Get around the table, and then when when it was my turn to speak, or like when everyone was quiet, say, "All right, first things first. I'm bringing the nipples back, and just wait for oh, the no. room to sweat." All right, guys, I'm just fucking with you. Come on, hit me. A, what what did you get? Nah, that's just one you don't you don't you don't screw with, man. Yeah. Just, <laughs> anyway, moving on to Wonder Woman news. Mm. Uh, Ewan Bremner has revealed his role for Wonder Woman. He says, "I play a character who's enlisted by Wonder Woman to help save the world as part of a small, unlikely band. He's a shell shocked soldier who's been discharged from the war and is brought back to help on a secret mission." So, uh, yeah. All right. Doesn't give us a lot yet, but okay. <laughs> We've only got uh, Patty. We got like a month and a half. A month and a half before what? Wait, when does Wonder Woman come out? June. Oh Jesus, it's June. Oh God. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> you just cost me two months of hope. <laughs> oh man, Patty Jenkins though posted a pic of a scoring session, I believe, on Twitter. She said, "Man." Last mini Fridays have been some of the best of my life. Seeing final effects and recording epic score brings tears to my eyes. Hashtag love. She tagged uh, Rupert Gregson Williams, who's scoring. So, uh, you know, they're still getting this thing wrapped up. I'm sure someone has seen a cut, 
but probably not the final cut since they're still scoring. So you guys can just hold out hope on the Wonder Woman's a mess bullshit that's been going around. Yeah. A little side note, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine wished China a happy new year. Happy Chinese new year. Hmm. Year of the rooster, apparently. And uh, that's going to be important. We're so fond of calling it instead. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) But they're apparently very, uh, (laughs) they're apparently very, uh, on top of that whole, Hey, let's get China this time so we can make a billion. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, um, Gal Gadot has also reacted to seeing Justice League scenes. She said, just saw some scenes from Justice League. So exciting. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Thanks for that, Gal. <laughs> That's such a weird way to end that. I know. <coughs> Zack Snyder posted a uh, picture on Vero of uh, Gal Gadot doing some ADR and, um, you know, just doing a little post. She said, uh, or they, he said, uh, Wonder Woman working hard in L.A. on post of JL. So, I mean, uh, you know, ADR is pretty common. I wouldn't worry. It's not technically a reshoot. No, it's... Don't freak out anymore. Borderline mandatory for these films. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, I've got this giant battlefield shot. I'm going to put a boom mic over mm-hmm. everyone's head. That doesn't happen. And, you know, I mean, this looks like a relatively quiet scene, too. I think it's just, you know... It's, 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 it's pretty uh, needed for everything, including YouTube videos. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we should have realized that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we knew. We just didn't bother. Uh, maybe you knew it and I <laughs> didn't bother. I slowly came around to that knowledge <laughs> like a moron. I definitely remember well, knowing oh. and not being able to be bothered. <laughs> maybe I didn't share that problem no. with you. <laughs> it's like, why can't we get good audio? Um, <laughs> anyway. yeah. well, you know, we were shooting video in that awkward, uh, time where, you know, home audio equipment was still pretty expensive. Now it's like ridiculous. It's like for a cost of a box of Cracker Jacks, you can get a good mic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, anyway. you can just forego one set of groceries now instead of like 20. Right. You only have to not eat for um, four days. Yeah. So, uh, and Batman News pointed out the recording audience. <laughs> Batman News pointed out though that um in the photo that Zach posted of uh of Gagado doing the the ADR that the timeline said 2 hours and 9 minutes. Ah. Which, you know, would suggest that they were in the third act of post-production, which is more proof that they don't have a final cut completely or no one really could have seen it and been like, "No." <laughs> So, you know. Probably. Or, and it wouldn't surprise me if um, that was organized more according to her time than anything else. Mm. Like, not even Probably. a cut of the movie. Just literally, they've re-jiggered technical term I use all the time. Get on it. Uh, that's, a, that's a term that I don't I don't hear often anymore. But I think we should hear more of, along with nothing doing. and Oh, yeah, yeah. Poppycock. So you, Boulder Dash. You simply re-jigger the, uh, the shots yeah, so right. that it, you can get her in and out of the studio as quickly and cheaply as possible. Mm-hmm. 209 may be absolutely meaningless. Or the movie may be two hours and 13 minutes. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so Zack Snyder was talking to Empire Magazine. Uh, said that Superman will have a big role. He said Superman does play a big part in this movie. His presence and lack of presence are big story points. Some of my favorite stories involve the lack of Superman. Because I don't care for the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Fuck that guy. Screw hope. I hate Superman. No, uh, 
No, one of my favorite books is um, The Nail. Alan Davis's The Nail. That was a great bit. That was an Elseworlds tale where uh, Superman uh, was never found by the Kents. Mm, cool. Don't know very, that. very cool. And then they flash forward and we see the Justice League as it is without Superman. And just it's, it's a mess, man. It's a really cool story. And you should totally read it, Jason. I will uh, I will get that back on the list. Um, there's a really cool bit during the final crisis days, uh, where the, you know, the big three are arguing, they've kind of mm-hmm. fallen out of sorts and, um, it's a big crisis, final crisis or infinite crisis. I've lost track. <laughs> Shit. Shit. I think it may be infinite crisis. Ah, somebody will know and maybe correct me, but there's a cool bit though, where he, he calls out, um, Batman calls out Superman and, and says like the last time you really inspired someone, you were dead. Right. I remember that scene. You remember the line at least? Yeah, absolutely. It's powerful. But yeah. The uh, the nail was pretty cool because the a, a literal nail was the catalyst for the story. Like Paul Kent's truck got a nail in the tire, so they weren't driving down that road to find Clark. Hmm. You know what I mean? And they, on the inside of the cover, they had the, that classic old poem, like "For one of a nail, the the horse was, or the, what, the shoe was lost. For one of a shoe, the horse was lost. For one of the horse, the you know, and it just keeps going until so it was a kingdom that was lost, all for the one of a nail. Well done. Yeah, it was, you know, and just like showing like how just like the singular event of Superman being found by the Kents just completely, honestly, Zack Snyder should have, and David Goyer should have read that shit before they made Man of Steel. But <laughs> put it on the Amazon wish list. Absolutely. There's also part two. But. I, don't have, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. Though. I don't know where they hang. I don't know where they hang in terms of the trade paperbacks of that. Oh, uh, anyway, it doesn't hurt to have it on a wish list, man. That's why I call it a wish list. <laughs> But I love I love stories where they they point out you know how integral Superman is because he does serve a purpose whether or not you think he's a big Boy Scout and don't have any use for him or not you know you know I love Batman more than, than any other superhero but Superman has his place in a way I've grown over time to love Superman yes yeah, me too slightly slightly past the the Dark Knight even mm. which is good you know it's, it's nice we can uh, we have that eternal argument about who's more useful sometimes eh I like them both. <laughs> Love them both dearly. Don't get me wrong. I'm an I'm an eternal fence rider here. <laughs> uh, Joe Manganiello uh, confirmed that the Deathstroke footage was armor. It was an armor test. I mean, uh, it was just a screen test for the armor that we saw. All right. Um, Duran Art, Duran underscore Art, uh, put up a picture of the armor from that. It looks like he did some sort of like uh, digital painting with it, kind of made it stand out. It's a cool little picture. Uh, but Joe thanked him for it and, uh, said awesome shot. Uh, thanks for this awesome shot of me from the armor screen test. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, you know, mm-hmm. it's always nice to get new tidbits. Anyway. Um, so mm-hmm. the justice league 2018 poster calendar, uh, has been a topic of discussion on Reddit. They uh, started investigating on this Reddit thread <laughs> and uh, found Amazon, uh, an Amazon release date for it on June 1st, 2017, which means that they conclude that we'll see an official Justice League movie poster around the same time as June 1st, 2017, which means that another trailer is probably not far away. you got to think they're going to have, well, surely they'll have another one for Wonder Woman's uh, premiere, right? I would assume. So uh, Joe Manganiello was talking to Entertainment Tonight. He says, growing up an avid comic book fan, 
And then there were a lot of superhero roles and supervillain roles Mm -hmm. that came my way that I said no to or wasn't allowed to do because of other commitments. It's just really exciting to think that this is the one. I'm glad everybody's happy. I'm just going to put my head down and just really show up as prepared as as any supervillain ever has. So that's cool. Apparently he's had other opportunities to play superheroes. I know he either turned down or couldn't accept a role as Superman. Yeah, he's got a he's got at least close to the right look for it. Mm-hmm. Definitely has the build. Uh, so That's James, a giant, it's a giant dude. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he I think he was he's right for Deathstroke though more than any of the others I've. No, heard. it makes complete sense. Uh, I would kind of like to see like the list of people he turned down or couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And he's been so damn yeah. excited about Deathstroke that I I just on spec I get the feeling that he probably didn't like sneer at any of these roles. He probably deeply considered it and or couldn't do it. Yeah. So uh, James Wan posted a picture of um, Jason Momoa himself, Amber Heard, and uh, Patrick Wilson, Mm -hmm. the cast of Aquaman, Mm -hmm. with the caption, After School Detention with the New Breakfast Club. Not sure that's relevant, but you go, man, go. I like the Breakfast Club. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's not relevant, but I dig it. Uh, We talked about last week how uh, Aquaman, uh, there I go, Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason Momoa, (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, knew he was Aquaman since like 2012 he uh, I think he was on Kimmel said that um, he did tell his family and friends but here was a little piece that I didn't know uh, apparently he was up for the role of Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy he met with Chris Pratt in February of 2013 oh. and uh, didn't make it through they apparently offered him the role on the spot though well shit but probably his contract with with WB to play Aquaman made that fall through. Well, shit. Hadn't he had that contract for a while? Yeah, since 2012. Yeah, okay. All right, that's it. All right, so that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a shame if the DCU doesn't work out, which apparently every reporter ever in the world is determined to make not happen. Yeah, well, no, I just mean a shame for him. Like, I'm sure he yeah. would love to have done both of those. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, he's, you know, the whole time he was filming, uh, not Aquaman, uh, Justice League, he couldn't have been filming Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So it's better this way. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a reason there are exclusivity uh, clauses and contracts. And, not just know, branding. My, Sometimes it's just, we're not going to compete with your schedule. Can't do that. I Yeah, and my abject hatred for wrestling aside, I, I like Dave Bautista as drunk, <laughs> so. He did fine. Sorry, did I call it wrestling? Because it's not wrestling, it's wrestling. It is wrestling. Uh, <laughs> with an apostrophe at the end and no g sir no g yeah wrestling <laughs> on tuesday milani inglesius i guess is the way you say that uh big makeup artist uh I, I would assume for aquaman posted a picture with amber heard saying how excited she was to work with amber um she says working with this lady today hashtag mara hashtag aquaman hashtag aqua woman she's kissing her on the cheek mm-hmm. it's a nice little oh, picture isn't that good? Yeah, 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 it's a nice little picture. Aye. Um, <laughs> Chrissy Clemens apparently just just realized she was playing Iris West. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, she said, "I get more." This is on Twitter. I get more excited than I thought I would when I'm told I'm like real life Iris West. Does this mean I can go to work and not even try? You're all watching the fact that I'm Iris West. Hit me. It takes some time. Okay, I guess that's fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the big bad news of the on the Flash this week is that it's getting a page one rewrite. Yeah, we know the story. We had Lord and Miller. Then we had you know Seth Graham Smith, 
and then he left, and then they brought in Rick Famuyiwa of uh, of Dope, and now he's gone over creative differences. Now they're bringing in uh, this Harold uh, guy. What's his name? I don't know why, but I, something. Oh, Joby Harold. There we go. I couldn't find it for a second. I changed the font on the page because it was giant, <laughs> and then I couldn't find the. I'm a moron. So Joby, you'll Harold, fight your own document right, for us, though. Is <laughs> my word document yeah. is my general's eye. You will overcome. And I will break its neck. I will break its neck and endure this hardship. Um, <laughs> hashtag the struggle is real. right. Joby Harold is coming in to write, rewrite from page one the script. They're just doing a complete revamp, complete rewrite on this thing. Uh, like our page you know, one rewrite is the equivalent of handing someone the job and saying, "Here's a copy of the old script if you want, but I don't give a fuck. It, here's here's another ream of blank paper if that's what you mm-hmm. want as well. Don't really care. <laughs> right? Bring me back something that excites me. I, I this is this is firewood as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, you know, how do you write a flash script that's that bad? I don't know. And you know, like you said though, it's been through several people. It's not like one person wrote a flash script that's that, that's that bad. You right, know, crowdsourcing is not necessarily a good thing though. Sometimes, I also wonder, like, if it's that situation from the critic, where it's like they tell uh, Jay, like, "Oh yeah, we're not making your movie. It's the best thing I've ever, we've ever seen, but we're not making it. Why not? Let's see. This is the place they bring up this big uh, glass case full of scripts. This is where we put all the scripts that are too good to be made into movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like." And then he's just naming off these like Revenge of the Nerds five. Oh, what are you doing in here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Picks up the phone. We want to green light this immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, and God, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to find some more details on this, but I've, I mean, I've heard of scripts being rewritten just dozens of times. And then you end up with nonsense on the other end. And guess what? It's, it's kind yeah. of the, it's like a really well-paid version of the grapevine game. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I would love to be any one of those pieces of the grapevine because you get like 100K for writing a piece of shit script and sending it on to the next guy. Absolutely. Sign me like, up why, any damn I mean, day. You know, aside from just, you know, word of mouth, like, oh, don't, hey, don't waste your money on that guy. He put in a crappy script. I mean, you could write a crappy script. and Just why even try? Right. But anyway, there's plenty of reasons to try. Maybe they picked that one up. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe and then the problem is though maybe they picked that one up and then you end up being the guy who wrote it as opposed to the story mm-hmm. or teleplay or whatever your story by or whatever credit before right. the guys that broke the story get this ambiguous credit of like well we were involved but maybe we didn't do it and then the guy that that had the last say on it ends up getting the like ah oh, crap they bought my version of this shitty script <laughs> that's <laughs> damn it <laughs> Yeah, I think Warner Brothers, like, who knows what the real problem is? Like, maybe Warner Brothers is like, you know what, this is a pretty good script, but we don't want to actually pay any of these guys that we don't have any dealings with right now. So we just want you to rewrite the whole thing. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I mean, look, we're going to have to give 100K to each of these guys, and if we use any part of the script. So can you just rewrite it? And we'll give you like 45? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that business works. It's rough. It's the Flash. How fucking hard is it? I mean, I would assume pretty hard. I, I can't imagine that the third act of Wonder Woman or Justice League is going to be good. I just can't. Well, that's disappointing. I can't. But you know why? Because I'm the guy that, like, you know, I fancy myself a writer. That doesn't mean that I am one. But I fancy myself a writer. And I, like, the writing, like, I mean, I mean, the third act is probably the one that I can't, like, it's the, it's the part that they screw up in every one of these movies. <laughs> like, 
from you know two thousands X Men. Like I just like this is a pretty good movie. And then there's that big egg beater on top of the Statue of Liberty turning everybody into mutants. And I went, what the shit is this? Right. I don't know what this is. Why do I care? What is happening? Um, and that's just been you know it's the Doomsday Act. It's the you know. Yeah. <laughs> the Avengers got kind of close. But again, they had the giant portal in the sky thing that, you know, has been made fun of so mercilessly throughout all these superhero films. Yeah. I mean, what the hell do you do? You know, in a comic book, you know, Wonder Woman throws a rope around a guy and she wins. Well, it actually, it it, <laughs> it just is easier in a comic book. But you, you, cause, yeah. Well, I say that. Somebody, I'm sure, is going <laughs> to be ready to light me up for it. But... In theory, though, you can you can do it a little cleaner over there. Like you don't have to actually produce X amount of minutes; you just have to produce X amount of pages, and you can do that with some really splashy, great artwork. Really, like yeah, unrealistic artwork for what you're even trying to portray sometimes, but it still looks great. Mm-hmm. Some cute banter, turn the story around, uh, solve it with yeah, the lasso or something if you want to. Quick wrap up, and uh, you go straight to epilogue, and then you you. Yeah. You almost find your meat sometimes in the epilogue. Right. You know, I mean, for a movie, you have to have something really cool. For a comic, all you have to do is go, oh, Dark Side's a baby now. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, I take it you're current on Dark Side War. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say current, but... You uh, caught that part at least. <laughs> I caught some things. And it, it was just a funny line, honestly. I, I don't really know. I'm not... I, I'm not pissing on that book, man. I just, I'm, I just thought it, it was wasn't. Funny. It was a good movie. Uh, <laughs> hey, oh, Dark Side's a baby now. Oh, we saw that shit with Magneto. What else you got? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like every big bad guy's got to be a baby at some point. <laughs> just what they do. Yeah, you just you got to be you know, transmogrified back to you know slightly post fetal form. Right, I don't right. know. Anyway. What we what the hell were we talking about? Oh yeah, slightest. Shazam has a writer. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah, I never point, said what. I'm uh, cynical enough that I'm like, oh, who's going to try it first? Go on, Dave. <laughs> Please tell me the name of this uh, foredrawn conclusion soul. You know what? I would I would write a Shazam. I would write a Shazam. I absolutely would. I would cross it between like the Never Ending Story and Iron Man. That's just what I would do. It's just you know, hmm. just tonally. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, tonally. Tonally, yeah. No, uh, come on, man. Totally, the, tonally. The, the Big Red Cheese, man, you you have to go campy on this one a little bit. This one has to feel more like an MCU than anything else. Right, yeah. You know what? Uh, the way I would hook it, though, is that Billy Batson is actually, like, maybe he sees footage of himself as as Captain Marvel. Of course, we couldn't call him Captain Marvel, but he'd see footage of himself as Captain Marvel, because I just refused to call him Shazam. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm old school like that. And he would actually, like, Billy Batson would actually be embarrassed by his behavior. Like, he, oh, man, he's, I'm so corny when I'm, like, that's, what, that's the way I would hit it. Mary's but, over there like, but it's anyway. the wisdom of Solomon, Billy. You're doing the right thing. Well, I just, it just seems so so lame, though. Yeah, but, yeah, that's what happens when you grow up. You, you become lame, you, yeah. You know, start <laughs> seeing the world differently. I just want to go kick a cat. Yeah. Well, don't say Shazam first, then. And you know what I would I would I would where like Billy actually has like an affinity for old stuff like old TV shows and stuff, so when he actually becomes Captain Marvel or Shazam or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, what do you want to call him? He says like the old school like '50s sayings, you know, <laughs> like G Willikers and whatnot. 
because he's like an avant-garde like teen who likes to watch old shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I'd hit it up. Yeah, it could you work. can tell me I'm full of shit and whatever. Somebody will. That's what we're here for. Oh, I'm sure. Come on, guys. Give me your best shot. <laughs> I will agree with you and move on with my day. Yeah. Anyway, I meant to mention, uh, though, that uh, Joby Harold, that's a stupid name. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Whatever. I, I don't know. Joby Harold, I don't know the guy, but apparently he is writing um, King Arthur Legend of the Sword with Warner Brothers. Yeah. And he has multiple features in development. Uh, including a Lionsgate Robin Hood. So, I mean, it looks like he's sort of like a B-list, up-and-coming badass, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this guy, this kid's got moxie. Meh. Yeah. Um, and I think I just explained why I would write Shazam the way I would. But, you got it. Yep. On the head. <laughs> the Shazam writer uh, is going to be... Uh... <laughs> but he's got, yeah, and, he's, he's writing what, fantasy right now? That's what he's into at the moment? Uh, Joby, Joby Harold is, he's writing the flash. Mm. Sorry. I meant to bring that back up. It was Joby Harold. He was, that's what he was doing on the flash. Oh, right. Moving yeah, over yeah. to, yeah. yeah. Moving over to Shazam though. Henry Gaden is writing Shazam and, um, but you're uh, uh, Shazam there. I was like, well, fantasy no. Shazam. That makes sense. Oh, okay. A, no, a fan. Yeah. I kind of got sidetracked here, but, uh, yeah. Sorry guys. I don't we, know what's wrong with that. me. Uh, so a fan wrote to, uh, uh, Anne Rice lover actually wrote to Henry Gaden <laughs> <Okay>. and <laughs> asked, uh, said, I just read that you're writing the Shazam film. Can you deny or confirm this? And he said, confirmed and loving what's to come. Another rewrite? What is it? What are you so happy about? <laughs> has, like, there, has there been a write yet of, of Shazam? Is there anything I, on paper for this thing yet? You know, I don't think so. But here's the thing. Gaden's work... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not hearing great things, man. And that's fine. You know, that would fit perfectly into uh, everything that the DCEU has done so far. But uh, the reviews are not great on Earth to Echo, which is what he wrote. And, uh, I mean, RogerEber.com gives it like a 2 out of 4, you know? Oh, that's uh, that's uh, 0.5. It rounds up, right? <laughs> 49% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. And the audience score is forty seven percent. So like the critic meter is actually a little higher than the audience score. <laughs> yeah. That's not good, man. I haven't seen it. Maybe Earth to Echo is phenomenal. I don't know. Maybe it's just another one of those like, oh bullshit, this is, you know, tilled ground already. But I don't know. I uh everyone's calling an E. T. knockoff on this on Rotten Tomatoes here. But um yeah. Cute. I don't know what this guy's got in store for Shazam. I I hope it's good. I no, hope no. he does a really good job. You know, they're even rumored that Brad Payton of San Andreas is going to be uh, is on the short list of of directors for Shazam. Uh, I think it's weird that they bring this up like the week after they bring up, hey, Black Adam's going to have a solo movie. Okay, well, cool. Well, mm. let's talk about Shazam. How about we not? <laughs> let's talk about Black Adam. I don't give a shit about Shazam right now. I want to see the thing Black we Adam. definitely have the Rock attached to. <laughs> So uh, anyway, moving on, I guess uh, the Gotham City Sirens, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna be a little mean, I guess, maybe not, but Harley Quinn Smith wants to play Harley Quinn. Uh, she was doing a, an interview with ComicBook.com, and uh, she was talking about Gotham City Sirens. She said before they even mentioned that she was gonna make a spinoff, I talked to my agent, and I was like, honestly, I I know this isn't even a project yet. 
But I just want you to know that when the day comes that they do start putting this into production, I need you to make sure if there is a young Harley Quinn role that no one other than Harley Quinn plays that role. My mm. agent was like, okay. She says, I don't even know how long I've been waiting for this. She even talks about doing other films, uh, other things. Honestly, any villain would be fun. I like to play characters that are most opposite from me. I think it's more fun that way. And any villain in a movie or on The Flash, Joey King just played Magenta. I think on The Flash, something like that. There's not too many teenage female villains, but any sort of villainous role would be awesome. Look, I don't want to see a younger version of Harley Quinn played by Harley Quinn Smith. I just don't. You know, she was fine, and I say fine. In Supergirl, and I don't, I don't say that in a creepy way, like, oh, she was fine. Sorry, I grew up in the 90s. I have to clarify that. But what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. is uh, she was adequate in the role of Izzy on Supergirl. She is not Margot Robbie level, though. Yeah, I don't think she's I, you know, probably there yet, which is uh, well, fine. I, like she, It's not like she got a chance to be Margot Robbie level on Supergirl no. Lives, but she was... Well, I mean, she could have been. Nah, there was that wasn't in there. It wasn't in the. It I mean, she the was a human. She was in. She was a victim of human trafficking. Of course, she could have been Margot level. Yeah, but nah, you can't. <laughs> but on Supergirl, you can't get down to like the the depths of depravity of even a victim of human trafficking. Like it's right. It is still a hopeful show that like well we we defeated this yeah. so we don't have to dig into how it's still going to destroy the rest of her life and uh, yeah you know I mean, she'll you wake know. up in a cold sweat for the next two years and all that stuff. She did do a good job for what I saw, but... Perfectly you know, her, serviceable job. I feel like in 10 years, she's going to be super embarrassed by all these interviews she keeps doing where she's talking about she's going to play Harley Quinn. No, um, no, no, no. I, I, look, if it was me, man, I would look back on that and be like, look, I had to try. Shit, I had to try. That's fair. But you, people like you and me, we have no shame. Normal people have shame. Oh, I have plenty of shame. I just don't apply it to certain things. <laughs> I save it up for like... <laughs> special occasion. I save it up for special occasion. Yeah. <laughs> that right there, man. That's why you're the co-host of the show. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying you've talked about it, but if you ever decide to quit, just remember, it's going to be a hell of a time finding someone as funny as you. <laughs> See, this is why I keep my shame <laughs> in buckets. So I can be like, yeah. Yeah, Dave, I'm glad, I, glad I'll make you laugh, Dave, but you're full of shit. <laughs> I used to see those buckets in the shed, and there was like black goop coming out of them. I was like, what is that? And you're like, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah, it's just pieces <laughs> of my soul <laughs> just seeping across a dusted, dusty floor. <laughs> On the Suicide Squad. Moving at the speed oh. of hope. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Suicide Squad was nominated for an Oscar. Everyone's flipping their shit about it. Everyone's mad about it. Uh, apparently because Deadpool didn't get a, a nod. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's not like look, Suicide Squad is nominated for hair and makeup, which it totally deserves. And everyone's like, but what about Ryan Reynolds? Apparently that's the upset. It's like, oh, no, Ryan Reynolds. No, his makeup his, was great. But there was a lot was more makeup in this giant ensemble cast than the one guy. Yeah, I mean, you can't just go like, well, what about him looking like, you know, topographical map of Utah? What about Killer Croc? What about Jared yeah. Leto? I mean, we didn't care for Jared Leto's face, but whatever. They did a good job of the makeup. <laughs> it wasn't the people who put him together every day's fault. Right. I mean, you look at the, you know, clearly a lot of those uh, eyes of the adversary were practical. They certainly looked practical. Right. Anyway, so uh, everyone's flipping their shit, you know. Uh, they're going to be 
up against Star Trek Into Darkness, which is tough competition. Star Trek Into Darkness, they did a really good job on the makeup of that movie. That was a good movie, too. Mm -hmm. And a Swedish-Persian film called A Man From Ova. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm... I'm split between Suicide Squad and Star Trek Into Darkness because Star Trek Into Darkness was really good and had really good makeup, like a lot of cool makeup, like really cool. Like I honestly think Star Trek Into Darkness. I know I'm running a DC podcast here. I think Star Trekker. I think it, it. I think it deserves to win. I'll be happy if Suicide Squad does too, hmm. though. Um, but uh, Ryan Reynolds responded to the what they're calling the Oscar snub as. Uh, Oh, he, he says, regularly scheduled tickle fight at Camp Deadpool is still on. <laughs> Congrats to all the nominees for these brilliant films. So, uh, you know, he's taking it in stride and still keeping his humor, which is great. You know, I don't, I'm not a huge Oscar fan anyway. I think it's all, I think all award shows are bullshit. That's why we're not really talking about the Razzies, who kind of really, you know, slapped BBS in the face with their dicks this time. Oh, but, man, they went after him hard. How hard? Um... But anyway. <laughs> I already said dicks, Jason. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> Just driving home the point. Like they went after BVS because it made more money than Suicide Squad. That's the that's the only reason. Because I think Suicide Squad was definitely like the lesser of the two movies. But yeah, you know what? I don't know. It just it, Suicide Squad went over better than BVS. That I thought that was pretty straightforward. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. But you know what? You know what's messed up though is that like they, they are still people are still bringing up Deadpool in relation to Suicide Squad. Like how is Deadpool not because Suicide Squad? What about these two movies? Think makes you think that they're any way really, really similar? Because mm-hmm. they're not. Like there's jokey characters. That's about all you got. Like. Yes, there is a general consensus that Deadpool and Harley Quinn should be having sex on the regular. They should, yeah. there should be like a whole like fourth wall breaking universe bending concept where those two are in a relationship together and she goes, screw you, Mr. J <laughs> and gets with Deadpool and the two live happily ever after in chaos. But aside from that, there's not like a whole lot of connective tissue between Suicide Squad and Deadpool. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I mean, it's just it was a fun movie where there was a lot of shooting happening. <laughs> so they've released some Suicide Squad concept art, some of it by Andrew Hunt. Uh, the art was uh, he says I oh Andrew says I was hired to sketch out a lot of attitude, concepts, and mood for Suicide Squad. There were a lot of black and white Joker shirtless photos. Somewhere he was like shirtless and had a tie. There was a lot of uh, dead shot silhouette shots, like in ensconced in shadow with like uh, some cool um, contrasty white pencil marks, you know. Yeah. There was a lot of Harley Quinn with uh, a devil and an angel that her, she's imagining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was actually part of the movie, but I, I would assume no. Uh, also a pretty detailed look at Joker and Harley's guns. Like Joker's gun had a uh, purple and gold skull gestures, sh- uh, shattered glass motif with the shatters making out Joker's face. Harley's gun has alternating, alternating love and hate on the barrel. Uh, it has di- gold diamonds and tally marks and a skull gesture and, uh, and it's black and silver and gold all over. Um, now these are a little more intricate than I would think they would do personally from my take of the characters and what i'm used to but uh because that's a lot of that's a lot to put in for like one heist because you know you're going to be like all that shit's going to be confiscated your ass is going to be back in gar in arkham asylum like at the end of the episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Anyway, they also had the rebreather with the bat signal. Again, why would Batman have a bat signal on his rebreather? I don't understand. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, bat cuffs. Branding. I don't know. <laughs> right. They had the dead shot gun with the gold scope. It says, in gold, I am the light, the way. Um, dead shot, I could, I could buy maybe having something like that, but not really. I don't know. I don't know. No, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know, there's this, it's just, there's that tone shift where it's like, you know, there's like the, the Batman and Robin, which is completely one way where it's like every villain has a completely customized gaudy gun and or accessory that goes with them. Yeah. And then there's the exact opposite way where you, you're too scared to call your hero Green Lantern. So you call him the hood or arrow. Um, and neither one of those is okay with me. Like, I'm yeah. like, can we not be a cartoon? Okay, well, how about we go this way? Can we not be so gritty that we forget that this is based on a comic book? <laughs> no, it's can okay. It's some... okay. In a few seasons, we're going to rename it Star City. Everything will be fine. You just right. hang in there. Hang in there. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know what? It reminds me of when uh, when UPN decided, like, you know what? We're just going to call it Enterprise. We're just going to leave Star Trek off of the title. No, that means you're ashamed. You pieces <laughs> of shit. You're ashamed. <laughs> And this is not like when I said the Suicide Squad cast were pieces of shit, where it was like lovingly pieces of shit, because I love those guys. Right. This is like, you literal pieces of shit, I hate you, stop trying to get boy bands on Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. And yes, I'm calling it Star Trek Enterprise, as you came to do in season three. Yeah. Stop being ashamed of what you make. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty strong failure right there. Yeah. So, uh, Jim Starlin, <laughs> famed comic book writer, creator, Jim Starlin. Uh, tweeted out, ju- or I think it was on Facebook actually. He says, "Just received a very big paycheck, or sorry, a big check from DC Entertainment for my participation in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice." Uh, I don't know how to say that. Anatoly Nyazev, I guess. Uh, KG Beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, much bigger than anything I've gotten for Thanos, Gamora, and Drax showing up in any of the various Marvel movies they appeared in combined. Guess I'll finally have to sit down and watch the movie. <laughs> you at least watch it right right and no i mean you know. we we may be again back to don't fuck with the mouse right look man i've heard some fans and some other podcast hosts and stuff go you know what this is kind of a kind of a, a jab at dc and you know what maybe it is but it's funny like man i kind of dig how all of these like comic book creators roll a little bit you know they annoy me sometimes with it but yeah, you know, I think it's funny that he hasn't seen the movie. I really do. I think it's funny. Like it doesn't always have to be flippant. Sometimes the uh, the motivation is is more like you know I did it my way this way, and if somebody else wants to take the character and go a different direction with, that's fine. But I liked my way, and I'm really this was how I meant it to right. be for me. This was right. You guys go have fun. I don't really care what you do. Yeah, I guess just because I can I can imagine a version of guess I'll how I'll, I'll finally have to sit down and watch the movie as just being like an indictment on myself. If I had written that, it would have been like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I've got too much shit going on to watch this movie. <laughs> Maybe it was that. Maybe it was a jab. I don't know. It doesn't matter either way. He got his paycheck, and it's cool that DC Entertainment is taking care of him uh, so well. Uh, you know, that's a that's a nice, whether or not you want to say, like, hey, you know. Like, if he hasn't seen the movie, I don't want him to say, like, hey, I like the movie. But, yeah. you know, I like the fact that it's a nice little piece of PR. Like, hey, by the way, DC Entertainment paid me a lot of money for this and really respected, you know, my contributions overall and what I've done for the company over the years. So that's nice. Um, anyway, speaking of which, uh, there's a, I don't know, if speaking of which, I don't know why I said that. Mm-hmm. 
uh, is a non non sequitur segue somehow. But <laughs> in completely unrelated news, of which I was speaking. Incomplete. <laughs> uh, they found a Watchmen reference, another Watchmen reference in Batman v Superman. Lois has Watchmen on her bookshelf. Oh, does she? Absolutely. Oh, Isn't that course. cool? Isn't that cool? Who watches? That's the question. Who watches the Watchmen? The mm-hmm. answer, of course, is Lois Lane. Uh-huh. That actually makes a ton of sense, though. <laughs> no wonder she can get to all those places in Man of Steel in like no time at all. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I, that is all the news I have on the DCEU. We don't have any more news for that. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's just, it ends. I I don't ever give any warning. I'm just like, well, that's it. It just peters out. Uh, yeah, we have no reviews this week, so apparently no one wants anything. That's fine. It's, I mean, it's fine. (laughs) By this point, 50%, 60, 70, and I'm counting as it happens, uh, has already clicked next track. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? We uh, we did get in contact with Mad Dog. Actually, Mad Dog got in contact with us. Wait, next track. That's a Mad Cow. That's sorry, Mad. Yeah, Mad Cow seventy two. Sorry, Mad Dog. I don't know. I'm thinking of uh, Wild Dog from Mayra. Of course, yeah. Well, you already get Cow seventy two. I'm getting geared up because we're about to do a DC TV episode. But Mad Cow seventy two. Right, Mad Cow seventy two got to, got to us. Apparently, he had sent us a message, and I I didn't see it. It just didn't show up. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was my fault or what. But you know what? And this is how we are. I sent him an extra copy of uh, uh, Volume 2. He wanted Suicide Squad Volume 1 of the New 52. I sent him Volume 2 as well. Oh. So I'm really sorry about that. Like, I'm not, it's not, I'm not bragging. I just feel really bad that uh, we didn't see it for like two weeks. And then I was like, we're going to give it to somebody else if you don't. This guy, yeah. (laughs) You have to abandon him. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't know what happened, but. um, When we are made to feel guilty because of our shame which we keep bottled and pristine for occasions just like this oh you keep them in buckets in your garage i thought we said well you have to distill it after the bucket form oh okay yeah just like moonshine yeah distill it into pure (laughs) self-hatred this is our bottle of self-loathing yeah comes at a price of 1995 and your soul this is from 2009 it's it's aged poorly which is what you want in this situation (laughs) Right. right um <laughs> yeah oh man yeah this is a vintage bottle from 1998 when you told that girl that you were happy she didn't want to date you because she was an idiot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was distilled two years later after it had time to ferment oh man the hate is uh, strong as this one in this one it has it has sub <laughs> subtones of confusion and hey Speaking of the hate is strong in this one, did you see that? Did you happen to see that uh, video that they did? It's like the last like, 20, 30 minutes of uh, Return of the Jedi. And they replaced the Emperor's Emperor Palpatine's voice with uh, lines from the Arkham games from Mark Campbell's Joker. <laughs> it's pretty brilliant. <laughs> That's I didn't see that, but that sounds pretty damn brilliant, yeah. It's pretty brilliant. The one downfall, though, for it, and I'm going to get shit for this, but the one downfall is that they replaced Vader's voice with Bane from Dark Knight Rises. Mm. <laughs> they made it work, though. It worked well. No. Uh, Christopher White, our buddy, came down. He was in town, and we hung out, and he showed it to me, and we had, we had a good time with it. Excellent. Yeah, I hadn't caught that one. Anyway. <laughs> We're going to be coming right back with a DC TV episode. We are DC on screen. You can find every episode at DCOnScreen.com. You can talk to us, DC on screen, at Twitter or Facebook. 
we we have a lot of people talk to us and it's a lot of fun so come and join in i don't know what to tell you like why wouldn't you uh, you listen to this show every week why the hell wouldn't you talk to us we're pretty forthcoming you know anyway ask us questions about <laughs> which vintage years of self-hatred we have available yeah and i'll like your tweet and never respond right <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, shuffle off and bottle some tears. <laughs> Set them right next to our secret shame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, so what I use to ferment the shame is the the tears. I go right. cry on the pile of slowly moving shame. Ferments. I'll it. yeah. I'll put it. I'll put oh, yeah, those tears. I'll put that bottle of tears right next to the bottle that says you know uh, clogged up the church bathroom toilet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to the church pulpit toilet. Yeah. Because <laughs> there is one up there. Don't fool yourself. Don't use it. <laughs> I don't know. We were all 14 once. Mm, yeah. 14 and grossly obese. Mm. The moral of that story is don't eat Taco Bell before church. Um, <laughs> that actually sounds like great life advice. <laughs> it was a really nice carpet, man. I feel bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit, and I don't, I'm not speaking figuratively. I just... It was everywhere. It was bad. Um, <laughs> and a bad time was had by all. <laughs> but not me, because I escaped. They didn't know it was me. <laughs> there's there's someone who still attends that church in Prattville, Alabama, who going, I knew it! Right. Somebody had to be responsible. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well. Mystery solved. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're proud members of the we Giant Sus Team to TV Up too. It's gonna be a... <laughs> yeah, GiantSusTeamUp.com, and uh, until next time, guys, keep some DC on your screen. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.